On today's episode of the JRW Audio Experience, we talk the myth that the federal government operates like a household. Enjoy. So number one, the debt myth. It's a big myth. And understanding that the federal government does not operate like a household is essential to the debt myth because the government's red ink becomes the community and economy's black ink. That is absolutely essential to understand that for us to have any money in our pockets or our hands or our bank account, the government has to spend it in and not tax it out. The government does two things. The federal government is the source of the money. So they either spend it into the economy, which is deficit spending, or they take it out via taxes and so forth. So either when I create money and I'm the controller of the money and the creator of it and the source of it, I either spend it in or I take it out via taxes. That's what the government does. It subtracts money from balance sheets by taxing and it adds money to balance sheets by deficit spending. So at the end of the day, that is the most simple way of looking at it. And when I'm the source of the money and I'm the creator of the currency, I will never have a solvency issue. I will never have an issue coming up with the money to pay bills or pay debts or pay loans or pay uh, whatever debts I have because I'm the creator of the currency. I hold the value of making it. I can create as much as I want. So at the end of the day, once you understand that if I create the currency and I'm the source of the currency, I'll never have a solvency issue. I'll never have an issue when it comes to solving my debt issues. So the government isn't a household. They will never have a solvency issue. They are the source of the money. They're the creator of the currency. So inequity leads to a large amount of money in a select few hands. And once you understand that, the imbalance of an economy leads to the lack of economics. Because if you spend money into the economy and the U.S. government spends money into the economy and 90% of it ends in 1%'s hands, ends up in 1%'s hands, then that means there's going to be less activity within the economy. You need to always have wealth and money in the hands of the consumers and the people that are working and creating the economics of the economy because it's not the one percenters that are out spending and buying washers and dryers and TVs and socks and pants. It's the consumers. It's the workers. It's the middle class. So we have to look at the imbalance and the inequity as a major red flag when it comes to our economy thriving and doing well. We need to have hands in the consumer's pockets and in their hands so that they can spend and buy the products that the businesses are being, that the businesses are creating. But when the one percenters have all the money and all the assets and all the liquidity, there's no money in the economics or the economy for people to spend. So the federal government is the issuer of the currency. They issue the currency and everyone else is a user of the money. So even if it's state and local governments, they're, they're users of the money. The state and local governments can't print money. So it's really important to understand that and realize that the government spends more then it ta- then it's takes in. So that's when you have a surplus. And when it, the government spends into the economy, it's deficit spending. And when they tax it out, that's, ta- that's taking in money. That's taking it from the economy. And whatever's left over, if the government spends 100 and they tax 90, there's $10 there. That is a surplus for someone. In order for people to have surpluses, to have bank accounts with money, you need to have 
money that is left in the economy that isn't taxed out that the government spends in. That is deficit spending. So the deficit spending is a good thing when it comes to understanding it. As long as you don't go crazy, you have to pay attention to factors and what you can and can't spend. But at the end of the day, with low interest rates, interest rates being below the growth rate, with growth being at 6 to 6%, 7%, 8%, and low interest rates, you have lots of capability of spending and generating economics. It's just essential to understand that the federal government does not operate like a household and understanding that when the government spends money into the economy, it becomes our surplus if they don't tax it back out, which is how they take money from the economy, as well as understanding that the government, the federal government specifically, is the creator and the source of the currency. They are the issuer, so they will never have a solvency issue when it comes to paying bills or paying debts or obligations. So once you understand that, there is unlimited potential for abundance in our economy if we start looking at the ways that we can distribute it and balance out the economy. But the one percenters are the ones that have created a massive issue with the inequities and the imbalance of the economy. Because if you take all the money and you have the government spend it into the economy, and then a select few end up with all of it, there's no money in this system of economics to be spent and used and circulated to then for the people at the bottom or the people in the middle that aren't at the top to spend money and buy things and purchase and create economics and create a thriving economy. You must have hands in the people's pockets and hand, and money in their hands when they're buying things for them to buy and purchase and create economics. So the federal deficit is a positive, folks. The debt myth and the deficit myth is one that when someone says – we're going to eliminate the federal deficit. We're going to balance it. That means they're going to take money out of the system. They're going to tax it out and they're going to take away money from the surpluses that the humans have. And once you understand that, the majority of the money is in the hands of the businesses. So the people at the bottom in the middle are going to be the ones that are going to pay that and they're going to lose it. So the people that get hurt the most when it comes to balancing a budget are the people at the bottom and in the middle. And once you understand that, Deficit spending and debt is necessary to provide economics and have money and surpluses in our ecosystem. You start to really understand that the myth that was sold to us for so long about debt being bad is not accurate. It's the fact that a household operates differently than the government because the federal government prints the money and is the source of the money. So in a household, we believe debt's bad and spending more than you make is bad, but that is completely inaccurate. In the realm of someone that creates the money and is the source of the money, that is not the case. And oftentimes, debt is actually a great tool to leverage and generate business and make more money and grow. Robert Kiyosaki talks a lot about that. He talks about it regularly in his Rich Dad Poor Dad book about how taxes and debt and fear are some of the most powerful tools to overcome poverty and using them to generate wealth is understanding taxes and understanding how to leverage debt to make more money. So once you understand that, you really start to understand that debt isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially if you're outgrowing it and your interest rates are incredibly low. If you have low interest rates and high growth rates and you're making massive amounts of money, like you're going to see a debt spiral. The, the amount of money and the debt will be paid down because you're growing faster than what you're paying in interest and, and what you owe. So the U.S. has a debt rate 
that is approximately 100% or slightly over 100% of our GDP. So that's not really that much of an issue as long as interest rates remain low because every year, if you're growing at 6 to 8% of 21 trillion or 22 trillion approximately, that's a massive amount of money. And as long as you don't, you spend one to two to three to four to five percent, you're going to decrease year by year, even if you are deficit spending. So at the end of the day, it's a really big topic to understand the deficit myth and the debt myth and understand the myth of money. And I really wish that more people understood how the federal government operates like a monopoly and how if you're the printer of the money and you're the source of the money, you don't operate like a household. And that for us to have surpluses and for the economy to have surpluses, we have to have the government spend money into the economy not tax it out of the economy. Taxing money out of the economy, which leads to balanced budgets because the government's deficit comes from the spending into the economy, which becomes our surpluses. For them to balance that, they have to take money from us. And in order for them to do that, that would most of the time, the majority come from the middle class and the poor because the taxes that the wealthy pay are usually avoided. The businesses and corporations avoid taxes. They have lawyers and they have people and they find ways and loopholes to avoid paying taxes. So once you understand that, you realize that balancing the budget is not a positive. It is actually a negative. You need to have debt to spur the economy and spur growth and see us grow and opt, operate fully and have full employment. If you balance the budgets, you'll see massive, massive repercussions for it, and it'll hit the poor and the middle class the most. So it's really important for us to inspect and audit the myth of money and the myth of deficit and debt and understanding how the media leverages the narrative in a negative doom and gloom kind of way, predicting that everything's going to collapse and everything's going to be bad and everything's going to fail and collapse in our face. Because the media wants us to be fearful and they want us to be emotional and scared. They don't want us to realize the truth is everything's fine, everything's okay, and you'll never have an issue of solvency and paying debt as long as you're the creator and the source of the money. It's them that have the power to cause and create any issues. And if they want to create abundance, they great. Great, they can. They can print more money and create abundance. Or they can restrict it and they can create massive social inequities and massive social problems. And but when you're the monetary when you're the people that create the monetary policy and you're the elected officials that are politicians, you're writing the rules for the game and you're also printing the money. So if I print the money in Monopoly and I'm writing the rules for the Monopoly, I essentially control how the game turns out. So at the end of the day, America is one big monopoly or oligopoly. It is a select few people and businesses and a select few families that are running the politics and the money and the printing and the Fed, and they're determining how things play out. And at the end of the day, they have the control and power. When you're printing the rules, making the rules, and printing the money, you're the one that controls how things turn out. So at the end of the day, we have to hold them accountable, our leaders, our banking officials, and understanding that we are living in what we call a modern-day game of monopoly and that money is printed freely and that there is abundance if we want to share the abundance. And that is the reality, folks. And we need to really start to bring this conversation and dialogue forward more where people actually learn about money and the realities of it and where it's coming from and what deficits mean and what debt means when it comes from the reality of being the person that is printing the money. Thanks for tuning in. Your attention is our oxygen.
Please continue to like, share, subscribe, and download for a better chance at being the next loyal brand follower mentioned at the end of our next show. Shout out to Aruba Najaf on Twitter for being such a loyal brand follower of the Weirman Media brand and the JRW audio experience. Thanks, Aruba. Also, shout out to at Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, www.garyvaynerchuk.com. His 4D business deep dive is one of the most powerful tools I've had when it comes to finding direction and finding strategy for navigating the nuances and the road of growth and understanding how to navigate the unknown roads of growth. So thanks, Gary, for all you do and continue to do. Gary V is a world-class businessman and entrepreneur, but he's an even better human being. So thanks, Gary, for all you do and continue to do. You can find Gary on t- Instagram and Twitter at Gary, G-A-R-Y-V-E-E. Thanks, Gary. Weirman Media, using the written word, photo, and video to elevate the level at which we operate, cooperate, communicate, and create, hoping that by sharing powerful, authentic, fictional stories in our vulnerable, creative, cultural-relevant fashion that we can bring hope, education, advocacy, and empowerment to the end consumer. Because none of us are right, none of us are wrong. It is simply our perspective.